0: Welcome to Shapeshift. I'm your host Jimmy Ryan, and my co-host uh, Scott Payne is with us today. And I'm telling you what, this is one of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. Uh, we get to interview Dale Vermillion today, and look, we have a lot of things that we want to talk about. But first, before we um, d- let Dale say a couple things here, I-, I want to intro him because, like, this guy is just—he has just the most epic list of accomplishments i'm going to keep it to a couple first off he's the host of uh batting a thousand podcast which man we've interviewed a lot of the same people um but man it's so cool to watch industry veterans just talk with one another and just just talk and shop and strategies uh dale is the ceo and founder of mortgage champions which he has trained over 1 million loan officers over the past 27 years 700 companies Dale has been the uh, lead trainer of Lending tree University and actually I told him this uh when I when I've interviewed you in the past is that you know I I, I was on a Lending tree University coaching call and oh, I was really? like oh yeah and I mean it's I'm talking a decade ago I mean at least and I was like what the heck is who the heck's this Dale Vermilion guy what is he gonna teach me <laughs> and and I I started the whole thing just totally closed off to what you were gonna say and because I was I, well whatever I was young young and cocky and thought I knew it all and
1: ten foot, 10 foot tall and bulletproof as they say yeah
0: so but anyway then I jump out I'm like holy crap this guy knows what he's talking about Wow, he talks kind of like me, and he just like boom, 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 boom. When you get Dale in a roll, it's hard to stop stop the guy. Um, but uh, it, but anyway, uh, we want to uh, start this off by talking about. Well, I want to start by talking about giving back, and Dale is also the leader of Mortgage Professionals Providing Hope, which is a nonprofit which helps people in need and uh SDP solutions, which is Scott Payne. Uh he just did the tally and he's actually donated over thirty-eight thousand dollars over the past three years. And what a I mean like woo that's yeah. That's that's amazing. Awesome. It's amazing. I mean <laughs> I mean I've donated too but bro yours like I mean that's Light years over over little old Jimmy Ryan over here, but um, what a cool what a cool uh, thing to say. And uh, STP Solutions is now Shape Professional Services. And with that, I want to welcome Scott. I want to welcome
1: Dale. What's up, guys? Welcome to ShapeShift. Jimmy, Scott, great to be with you guys. Love you two guys, dear friends, and I'm big fan. And
2: I've got my my headband on to capture all the sweat from, you know, being in a room with Dale. Like I always get nervous and he's a legend. He's a legend. So yeah, this is a great my sweat, my armbands do My shape. Love
0: it. Dude, I love it. So it's awesome. a legend to say the least. So what I want to uh, start off with is I've been watching how active you've been Dale lately in just in podcast creation. It's really cool to see because you didn't even start any any sort of podcasting background i interviewed you and i feel like it was just yesterday but man i looked it up it was 2021 it was like the first quarter of 2021 and i mean you've come a long way and just recently i saw you interview two people that i've also interviewed like at the same time so it's kyle draper and todd duncan and i've been watching some of your clips with todd duncan and it's just super cool to see just the different it's just a different perspective. I, we had different shows, but he he just exudes so much wisdom and greatness. And then Kyle I Draper, water. my God, what a what a cool dude. And all three of us all have a huge, yeah, connection as as Scott's holding up his book. Um so you had actually an interview, Dale, with Kyle. and Kyle was talking about how you, Kyle, and Todd, all from the stage at, I think it was AIM 6, yep, had a a theme of authenticity and being your realest, truest self. So working with shape, a lot of times people that are calling leads, for instance, and trying to develop a relationship over the phone, a lot of times, I mean, we got to fake it till you make it. But when you become, when you actually become it, and you're exuding your realest, truest self, I think authenticity is something that a lot of people just underestimate the power of it. So to tee us off, Dale, how would you encourage people to be authentic over the phone without being too salesy, without being a lack of sales as well? How do you encourage people to be authentic when they connect with people over the phone?
1: Well, the the key is really simple. Just be a human being. Look, look, there should be absolutely no salesmanship that takes place in a call with a customer. It should be a conversation with that customer on how you can change your life. That's that's the simplest way that I can I I can set the stage for people. And I I shared this. Kyle, Kyle was on betting a thousand with me yesterday, and I, and we were talking about this. I said, you know, the key to this business today more than any other thing is making sure that you are not using technology to replace relationship, but to enhance relationship. And at the end of the day, if you're not building great relationships in this marketplace, you're not gonna win. So I I used a a thing that I I love to use. You know, The key to being successful in today's marketplace is being memorable. Now now think about that word for a minute and think about the five last letters to memorable. It's R-A-B-L-E. All right, if you rearrange those letters, here's what it spells, be real. If you're gonna be memorable, you gotta be real. You gotta be yourself. You've you've gotta talk to the customer as if they're a human being who is looking for the biggest uh, investment of their lifetime. You've gotta act like you've never talked to them before, like it's a long lost cousin that you're catching up with for the first time in 15 years. And you really have to show interest in them by slowing yourself down. The biggest mistake, Jimmy, that loan officers make by far in this business is they're in a hurry to fail that's the problem they get on the phone and and, and they're thinking in their mind well this customer probably doesn't have a lot of time first off why would you think that they're, they're applying for a five hundred thousand dollar loan they got plenty of time trust me and then they think well okay but if they do have time i may not have time because you know i got to talk to more people well, wait a minute hold on stop there i'm going to give the formula i've given my entire career to every loan officer who succeeded it's simply this, if you wanna close 15 loans a month, what does it take? One sale a day, that's it. You get one borrower to give you a complete application with complete documentation, they go in your pipeline, that's 21 in your pipeline, you're gonna close 70 to 75% of them every single time, that's a that's a national average, that's 15 to 16 loans a month. I don't meet a lot of loan officers today who are doing 15 to 16 loans a month in the real world out there. And I train tons of them, they're doing 20 and 30 right now in the 2023 marketplace because they understand it's one customer at a time, one conversation at a time, one human at a time. That's the key to it. And I'll add one more thing to that, and it's this, okay? We we are in a 2023 market that is a conversion market. It's not a volume market, like 2020 and 2021. 22, 23, and 24, all conversion markets, which means that because rates have been up, Consumer activity goes down, you get less opportunities at the plate, you gotta make them count. You can't can't whiff with your borrowers on today's market. So because it's a conversion market, here's a great thing to remember. The word conversion is embedded in the word conversation. It only has two more letters, A-T, right in the middle. You know what that A-T stands for? Allow time. You need to have a conversation that allows you the time to get to know your borrowers. People say to me all the time, Well, you can't build a kind of relationship over the phone, you can in person. Says who? I've built incredible relationships with people over telephone that I didn't meet for years and years and years and years. When I finally did, it was like we knew each other for 50 years. It's a process of asking the right questions and then listening when they talk, not trampling over their words, not trying to sell them something, not not trying to you know, blow them away with your knowledge of the mortgage market because they don't understand what you're saying anyway when you talk mortgage terminologies. (laughs) It's really just saying, Jimmy, you're looking for $400,000 to buy a home. Tell me about that home. Tell me why you're buying. Tell me where you're buying. Tell me what you want to buy. Tell me what you need to help you buy. Show me how I can get you in that home today. You start a conversation like that, Jimmy opens right up.
0: I mean, Dale. It, it it just goes right back to your first thing. is just being human. That's it. I mean, yeah. like, do you actually care like about anything about them, or do you just care about getting a sale and a commission and making money? <clears throat> and and it it just simply comes down to that. Scott, there's a lot of places I want to go, but I want to get you in on this. So, well, like, yeah,
2: I was just going to add. You know, I think you know he mentions one sale a day. One sale a day, and I think that you know a lot of people think of that as a. I've, they've got to be my pipeline today, right? And, and he mentions that we need to, but here's here's this, here's what will happen. If you're doing a good job and you're building a relationship and you're doing a good job in your CRM and you're updating things and you're letting the automation and these things work for you, you're not just pushing links out, as we'll sure we'll talk more about link pushers, n- new terminology. If you're not doing the, those things, you're doing all the stuff Dale talks about, you're going to start receiving loans into your pipeline for people you talked to 45, 90, 120, 365 days ago right? So building and taking the time to do that now may not put it in your pipeline today, but getting to know them on that personal level and talking to them and having that conversation with them will add to your pipeline and allow you to have one sale a day,
1: you know, over time as you continue to to go into it. It's it's like any relationship in the world. You don't have a relationship without frequency. You just don't. You're you're not going to meet somebody for the first time, spend 20 minutes with them, build this great friendship and your friends for life. Just doesn't work that way. You, you, you have to invest on the front end. And more importantly, you got to keep reinvesting on the back end. That's where technology becomes such a powerful tool because it gives you the reminders and the prompts that you need. But here's the mistake that I see is too many loan officers let the technology do the work for them. Instead of picking up that phone or sending a video that's really powerful to a borrower, that gets them excited or you know, really just having that conversation that's meaningful to them. These are the things that make the difference between top producers and everybody else.
0: 100%, and you're talking about how technology is not gonna replace, but it can enhance. And great quote from uh, Dave Savage is that, it kind of mirrors that, is that like AI, like look, there's a market for the do-it-yourself mortgage and, and it's a growing market, but it's still minuscule truly. And it's more so what we should focus on as professionals is that how do we leverage technology to make it quicker, make it faster, make it more efficient, not just on the client, but on our our task list? How do we call through a list of 100 people and how do we do it as quickly as possible, but also still actually take the time to connect and actually develop a relationship over the phone? You're mentioning it's just like, you could have a 15 minute talk with somebody. And man, it's crazy how many things you can learn if you listen, <laughs> if you listen. And uh, so on the realm of in using technology to enhance, Dale, what do you see the top people that you're in, in, in circles with, uh, top producing loan officers, how are they leveraging technology to enhance their business?
1: Well, in a multitude of ways. I mean, first and foremost, any any loan officer who who is trying to be successful in a marketplace like you're in today and doesn't utilize a CRM system that's going to help you to organize your calls, organize your leads, uh, bring you the prompts, remind you when to call, keep them in front of you. You don't have a prayer. You, you, you do not have a prayer in this marketplace because we're in a marketplace where, again, you know, it, the, the, the most common thing I hear loan officers talk about is rates. Rates, 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 rates. Oh, the rates are up, the market's tough. I'm like, what are you talking about? Rates got nothing to do with anything. The only thing that rate does to the mortgage industry is when rates go up, consumer activity goes down. But their needs don't change. People, people need to, bo- to borrow money more today and save money more today than they have at any time in the 40 years I've been in the industry, believe it or not. Why? Because debt's the highest in U.S. history by far. Equity's the highest in U.S. history by far. Concern of the economy is the highest I've seen in a long, long time. And the cost of living is through the roof. So we're sitting here talking about, well, people don't wanna do things in these rates. No, they do. They just don't think they're supposed to. So what happens is they watch the media, they see the rates go up, they pull away and go, well, I'm, this probably isn't a good time to borrow. The rates go down, they start to put their toe in the water a little bit. But if you're using your CRM, you're not waiting for them. You're calling them on a consistent basis. And your message is simply this. This is all you gotta say to them. Hey, look, let me tell you what I'm calling you today. You're probably as concerned about the economy as I am. And you're probably struggling just like I am. And the reason I'm calling is to help you to stop those struggles today. I'm here to help you improve your economy personally. And I like to just take some time to talk to you about that. Doesn't cost you a dime. Give me 15 to 20 to 30 minutes and I can change your life today. That simple of a call is treating them like a human. It's it's being authentic. And most importantly, you're not talking about mortgages or rates or any of that stuff. You're literally talking about the only thing that that person's thinking about right now is their personal finances in the toughest economy we've seen in 35 years. Mm. That's simple. It,
0: it really truly is it's that simple and i feel like man you're right people are staring at a rate sheet and it's all that they can think about is interest rate interest rate interest rate what about value what about monthly payment savings what about cash to close differences you know things that actually make decisions people don't people don't decide on a rate they decide on how much does this cost me out of my pocket and what's it cost me monthly which rate is important to but you can't quantify any of those things with, 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 rate. Scott, what would you add to
2: that? I was just thinking about Bruce Thompson. <laughs> we love Bruce, don't we? Yeah, we do. We love Bruce. Uh, there's a whole story and I've heard Dale tell it a couple times now, but it's one of my favorite stories. And, and I know, you know, kind of how he leads into it. It's just, I, I see it come in and, Oh, he just hits it hard for, and usually, you know, like the aim conference, he, there's still a lot of people who hadn't, hadn't heard it to that point in time. So it was really cool. But, it, you know, the idea is that, you know, Bruce doesn't sell rates. Bruce is about value, about getting it done, about making sure that it's a good experience. Right. And that's Bruce. That's the Bruce Thompson story. So if anyone can go look it up, I've, I've found it on YouTube in the past. Just type in Bruce Thompson, available million, you you'll find it. It's a good story.
1: <clears throat>
0: Appreciate that. All right, so link pushers. So I kind of feel exposed by you guys talking about links pushers, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest. When, when I would call leads, I would spend 15 minutes getting to know them. So argue this with me. Um, My barrier to entry was that they could figure out how to fill out an online application and upload their docs. And the reason why I did that was because, man, I've driven to people's houses for every step that they needed to get to me. And like, look, if you're elderly, if you really can't do it, look, I'm gonna do it. However, there's simply not enough time in the day if you wanna do high volume. Granted, it's more of a conversion market, not a volume market. So, what's the balance between uh, being super cold and being like, here's my link, fill it out, and leveraging technology to enhance your business by leveraging a, a, a link?
1: Yeah. So you said a lot of really important things there, Jimmy, that I want to I key in on because this is such an important topic. This is probably the single biggest mistake loan officers are making in the marketplace today. And, and so that I don't lose anybody here and they look and say, who's that 62-year-old guy with the gray all over his face? Uh, he, is he against technology? Absolutely not. If you don't have an online application, you are not fit for this marketplace. Let me just be very clear about that. And the reason for that, more than any other single reason, is two reasons. Uniformity of the application for your ops team so you can move the file through faster and and, and it's it's a better format, okay? But number two is the most important, docs, 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 docs. It's the easiest way in the world to get docs. Now, having said that, let me tell you the mistake that loan officers make again and again and again and again and again, and until they stop doing this, they're never gonna see big numbers is they just wanna push that link off to that bar as quick as they can. They want the bar to self-serve. If the borrower wanted to self-serve, they wouldn't have called you. If the borrower wanted to self-serve, they wouldn't have responded to your call. The borrower wants to ask you questions. The borrower wants to understand why this is a good time to buy and why this is a good time to refinance. They wanna understand why they should pay 7.5% on a mortgage loan when it was 3.5% just a year and a half ago. They need to understand What are down payments and how do they work and what's the right down payment and what is an LTV and what they they need to know all these things and a link can't solve any of that for them. Not only that, but they need to have a trusted advisor and to be a trusted advisor, you have to build a relationship and a link cannot build a relationship. So here's the deal. The way that you use your technologies is very simple. You co-pilot the link with a conversation. Look, Jimmy, here's what I'm gonna do. To make this really easy for you, I'm going to send you this link right now. You can get it on your smartphone or you can get it on your computer, whichever one's easier for you, okay? The link's coming to you right now. But What I'm going to do, Jimmy, is I'm going to stay on the phone with you. I'm not just going to send this to you and vacate and let you do the work on your own because I'm sure there's a lot of questions you have I'm going to need to answer for you. And by the way, as you're going through that, I want to make sure if there's anything you're confused by, I can settle that for you. And now, guess what I get to do? While they're filling out the basics, I get to say, so Jimmy, tell me more about the house. Hey, why'd you choose that neighborhood? How many bedrooms has it got? Oh, how many children do you have? Oh, how many are you planning on having? And all of a sudden, we are best buddies in literally 15 minutes because I'm having a conversation with you while you're putting in basic things that you can do very simply on that application. I now have you shoot me that application. You can now send me your documentation. I can go deeper into that conversation. And now I've got the best of all worlds. I've got technology working for me and relationship working for me at the same exact time. Now, let let me say this, too, because I hear this all the time. Okay, loan officers say to me, well, Dale, you're out of touch. I go, really? Tell me how I'm out of touch. Well, you know, today's consumers, you know, they're different and they don't want to have a conversation with you. They want you to send them a link. And I love to ask them this question. Really, help me understand, like, what what generation are you referring to? What 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 group of people? Well, you know, all these millennials and these Gen Y's and Gen Z's. And I go, well, that's funny because I have read a dozen studies at least. And every one of them told me the same exact thing. You know who the most tech savvy person you're going to work with is a baby boomer like me. (laughs) <laughs>
0: why get out of here
1: i've the it, truth it, really it is absolutely the truth and why is it the truth because i've done 10 mortgages in my life i don't need you to explain to me what a mortgage is i've done this before i just want to get it done i want an amazon approach right i don't need right. you to be my buddy necessarily i just need you to get me a good loan right but a millennial doesn't know a thing about a mortgage truth. a first-time buyer has no clue We have the young generations today that are the smartest people that the world's ever seen. They've been better educated than anybody. But you know what they don't know anything about? A mortgage. It's not in their college classes anywhere. So here's the deal. The younger they are, the more they need you to explain to them what they're doing and why they should do it. And even though they may be more tech savvy in a general sense, When it comes to a mortgage transaction, they need you to help them walk through the process. And I've read study after study after study after study that has proven that out time and time and time again from companies like Zillow and the MBA and all of the ones that that really are interviewing people that they understand the dynamics of consumers today. So if your your excuse is, well, I'm going to use it because that's what the customer wants, let me say one more thing. One of the services I provide to my, my enterprise clients is we, we listen to a lot of their loan officers' phone calls. I've got a team that evaluates those phone calls, listens to them and says, okay, here's what you did right and you did wrong. You know what we hear all the time? The loan officer who's providing the link, the borrower never asked for it. The loan officer offered it. It's always like this. Well, I could take an application on the phone or I could send you a link, which would be a lot easier. Well, what are they gonna say now? Yeah, right. Okay, give me the link. That sounds good. And now they're off the phone. Now they pull a credit report online. Now they get triggered by 126 other lenders. Their phone blows up and it ain't you. And all of them are saying, I can beat that company that you just pulled a credit report on. And you lose your deal before you ever got started because you did not build a relationship. Here's the message. I'm gonna say what Scott said at the beginning of the show. Do not be a link pusher. Be a so relationship.
0: I, I want to... I wanna... Because I am a, I would say pretty scrappy on the streets type loan officer. I'm mean, and and when I, when I hear everything you just said, I tend to want to challenge stuff. So do I, I love that. That'll
1: make, this, that'll make this conversation more fun.
0: Well, because it, I the reason why is because I've been the young cocky loan officer before, and it takes. We all have. Well, right, so, but but it takes arguing it out to be like, you know, to figure out, to get to the bottom of it. So the way that I'm just, I'm hearing this is that, dude, I don't want to spend all that time listening to them fill out a link. I don't want to listen to all all that stuff. And like, look, I'll have a mortgage consultation with them later. And like, look, that's when I'll build, build the relationship. What's the balance, I guess, Dale, between going super deep on a relationship up front before they fill out an application where they could not qualify. You, you, in, in how many, I've had it so many times. You build a great relationship, you run their credit, they have a 400 credit score. And you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to have the credit repair talk right now. I just want to call the next lead. And look, is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. You you I, You could argue both ways. Are you being non-compassionate? Yep, you are. But also, you have a job to do. You have a family to provide for. And if you don't bring home the bacon, nobody is. You got to do... So what's the balance, I guess, between wasting your time, get me off the phone, let me just do the next call, the next call, the next call, and having a high-quality, high-service build-a-relationship call?
1: So you you raised a lot of really good points. Let let me answer all of those for you so you're going to feel a whole lot better about this when this show is over. All right, good. Okay. (laughs) So number one, okay, what you said about I don't want to go through all this time and then find out later they got a 420 FICO score is a very valid concern. And if you're doing it that way, you're doing it wrong. So if I get on the phone with you, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to begin just by talking a little bit. So, Jimmy, all right, here's why I'm calling. All right, I see that you were looking to buy a home. Tell me a little bit about that home, about what you're looking for, and and, and tell me some of the, the concerns and challenges and questions that you have that I can help you with in this process. I'm going to build a conversation on the front end. I'm going to start to engage you to get you talking to me, okay? Now, once you're done with that, as soon as you tell me everything that you want me to do, I'm going to provide a value statement. You say, you know what, Jimmy, I got some good news. I've been doing this gig for like 10 years. I've worked with thousands of customers just like you, and I'm going to help you with every one of those things today. In fact, not only that, but I'm going to save you more money, create more affordability, get you better terms, better service, close faster than anybody you're ever going to work with that's my assurance to you. Now you're feeling pretty good about me right now. Then here's what I say next. Now, to get started before we waste any of your time because I'm very sensitive to my customer's time. I need to ask you a couple of quick questions, okay? The first one is, you're looking to buy a home. How much do you have down that you have available right now? Because that's the that's the that's the backbreaker a lot of times on a purchase transaction. And you go, well, I don't really have anything. I'm a first-time buyer. Well, that's okay. I got a first-time buyer program. We could probably work out something, okay? So now here's the second question. Do you have verifiable, sustainable income? That's the second question I ask you, okay? Keywords there, two of them, verifiable and sustainable. I didn't say to you, so Jimmy, how much do you make? Where do you work? How long have you been there? I don't do that. I don't start an application yet. I just ask you a basic qualifying question. Then here's the third and final question I ask you. Do you have know your credit score? Now, here's the deal. You're not going to be 100% accurate, but you're going to be in the right hemisphere. You're not going to tell me it's 700 when it's 400. Right. <laughs> so if you say to me, oh, you know, we've had a few credit problems, but last time I checked it, it was like 680. You're fine. I'm not wasting my time now with you. I already know that. So now I'm going to say to you, now, Jimmy, here's what I want to do now. I'm going to send you this link. Once you start filling this out, and I'm not conversing with you about what you're filling out on the link. You can do that on your own. It's self-explanatory. What I'm talking to you about is more important things. Let's talk a little bit more about where that down payment money's coming from. Let's talk a little bit more about what your goals are for the home. Let's talk a little about your retirement objectives so we can start to build a term around your retirement that gets you out of debt quicker and helps you be debt-free when you retire, so you can actually live the golden years golden. See, this is the kind of conversation I'm having. Now, let me tell you why this is vitally important and a reason that I didn't share earlier. I work with a lot of very large lenders, okay? I've trained the biggest banks, the biggest credit unions, and the biggest mortgage companies in the country. That's the thing that makes me different from a lot of the other speakers in the industry. I don't really train brokers. I do. I work with them too, like I did at AIM. But I work with a lot of large lenders, national lenders, because that's what I came out of and I was an executive at. I know I, I, I can talk to a CEO at any company about their business. Here's what I've found with my clients, all of which have a link technology. There are three or four major drop-off points when you send a link to a borrower. Number one is their birth date. Number two is their social security number. Number three is their permission to pull credit. And number four is asking for their documentation. Now, here's what happens. We send these links, okay? They get to one of those and all of a sudden they get uncomfortable. Wait a minute. I don't know if I want to give. I I talked to Jimmy Ryan for like one minute. I don't know if I want to give this guy my social. Maybe I'll call somebody else. And we lose a deal at a drop-off point, and we will never see that borrower again because they're not wit- sitting around. They're not calling you back, going, you know, Jimmy, you sent me that link. And, you know, now that I got to sell, I'm not sure I really feel like giving it to you. They're not going to say that to you. They're just going right. to call somebody else. And you've lost that deal, and you don't even know you've lost that deal. All of a sudden, you follow up. You're like, Mr. Johnson, I-, I never got your link. Well, you're never going to get that link because what happened was you sent that borrower to self-serve, They got to a point of discomfort. You were not there to talk them through it and say, oh, let me tell you why we asked for your social security number, because we need to look at your credit report in order to qualify you for a loan. That's the right way to do it, especially to get you a pre-approval. So your realtor will pick your offer over everybody else's. See what that valuable statement was right there. Mm -hmm. I can't do that if I'm not on the phone with you, Jimmy. Right. This is why you don't send a link
0: bro i i love that because if there's four reasons why somebody falls off you you could definitely handle birthday that's easy social that's an easy objection to handle and permission to run credit again do you want this real right. or do you want to get all the way down and docs ask hey look it's a part of it you know and like look let's just say you don't handle the documents you've ha- you've already handled three of the four reasons why somebody's going to uh, fall off. Scott, what'd you, what would you add to that?
2: Well, I was going to say, uh, share a story with Catherine Campbell. I've told the story a couple of times, actually on, I think on Dale's podcast as well about, um, you know it wasn't really a link pusher situation, more of the customer got to the link because you're sending emails that are automated and it says, hey, you can apply now. And sometimes that just happens. And so how do you leverage the relationship building as part of that? And with technology, things that we've set up in the past would be that it would then update the lead record, create a immediate phone call for someone to call and that's right. You know, and, and I we debated it at the time, me and Catherine did back when she was a client of mine, where it was like, why why would we interrupt them? They're right. Yeah, it was my, like, why do I interrupt them? They're, they're you know, I'm going to pick up, you know, interrupt them to get on the call and, and ruin it. And her point was, no, we know they're going to drop off as soon as they get to this section of the right. thing. So let's call them when we get to the two sections before that, get them on the phone and go ahead and address the topic that in two sections, you're going to get to a point that you might want, you know, you're going to have questions about. Let's jump in front of that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a a tech standpoint, Scott, you know this as well as anybody, okay? How many times do we go on as consumers to buy something online and that little chat box pops up and they say, hey, I'm the chat person. If you have a question, I'd be glad to help you. Do we get mad at that chat box? No, we either go, no, I don't think I need it. Or you know what? Actually, maybe I do. It's the same exact thing. If if you create a call and I call you up I'm not like invading your privacy here. You have told me, you've raised your hand and said, I'm looking for a mortgage.
2: Yep.
1: I'm looking for a pro. Well, I'm your pro. So if you say, you know what? I think I'm okay. I'm gonna say, well, you know what? It's all right with you. I'll, I'll hang on with you. So if there's any questions and while we're doing that, let me learn a little bit more about what you're trying to do so I can build a much better loan for you than anybody else is gonna build. Using words like building a customized loan program for you Go a million miles with a consumer. Hundred It can be. It can be that simple.
0: I mean, hundred percent. And I think that the the sales 101 I guess point here is that you're pre-closing. You're hand. You're tabling objections. You're handling them before they become an issue. And it allows the whole thing to progress all the way to the end because you know each roadblock that's coming down the down the road, and you've handled each one of them so that they're no longer roadblocks. You can go straight to the close. So I want to talk about uh, lead calling in general. Okay, this is- uh,
1: One more thought before- go you Go ahead. Because this is important, all right? Why do I love you two guys so much? You know the reason? The headband. Well, that's part of it. it's because of your personalities. I know you both. I know your hearts. I know your, your thoughts. I I know how you view life and people because I've had conversation with you many times. Okay. A link cannot do that. Hmm. We are missing the human element when we don't get on the phone with the borrower. The the greatest gift we have as loan originators is our personalities. It's our ability to converse with human beings and persuade them in a positive way as to why they would choose us and why they would do what they want to do. There's not a link. You you could take all the AI you want all day long and it's never going to be able to do that because it's not a person. It doesn't have emotion. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have a voice tone that comes across sincere and empathetic and compassionate. You both have that. So why would a loan officer want to give that up for the sake of speed? And the fact of the matter is you're not saving any time because you're just gonna lose deals. So now you gotta call a bunch more to make up for the ones you lost because you sent the darn link out. Again, I'm not anti-link. I'm anti-send a link and let it do its own work. I'm anti-self-service. That's what I'm anti.
0: Dale, you make me wanna freaking put on my origination cap again and just be like, because so many people miss this and you're just so motivating about it. It just makes me wanna be like, you know what? I mean, it, it really, it's so easy to be successful. I just, I think it's easier than it ever has been. If you just simply, like you said, AT, allow time, have a conversation. Oh, it just, it really is so easy. So I wanna shift gears. I've been working on a lot of content, Scott and I have both been, about being more efficient as a loan officer, calling through a large list of people, and doing it consistently, coming into the morning, ready to go, and making things as easy as possible for you, so that you can actually get all your job done and come home, not to your you know, dinner in the microwave, not to, you know, pacing back and forth at the end of your driveway as your kids watch you. No, you come home and you're present. So I I, I, like three things I want to talk about. One is how, how, what is your, I guess, is there any like hacks that you would recommend loan officers implement to Really get it done and be as efficient as possible, especially in the morning and especially when they come in to do a call
1: session. Well, Scott, he's heard me say this a whole bunch of times: sell early, sell often. That's always been my my my, my comment. You need to start your day with sales, not with anything else. Don't check your emails or nothing good in there. It's just bad news. It's going to depress you. Don't do that. Don't look at the news. Don't 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 go online to see what the rates are today. That's just all foolishness. Every bit of that is foolishness. And and I've I've had some some heated arguments with loan officers over that one. Well, how can you ever go into the day and not know what you're doing? What does it matter if the rates change an eighth of a point today? What does that really matter in the whole realm of things? The fact of the matter is you can't quote a borrower rate until you have their application anyway and be accurate. So it doesn't matter what the rate is. Borrower says, what's the rate? I don't know yet. Because I don't know who you are yet. I don't know your situation yet. I don't know your qualifications yet. I don't know your goals. But as soon as I know that, I'm going to give you an awesome rate. Don't worry about it. We're super competitive. It's that simple. So you got to start the day with sales. And and let me say this, and I I really got to be clear about this, okay? I watch a lot of these podcasts and things that are out there, and and I hear this a lot. You know, make sure you spend an hour a day in sales. You spend an hour of days in sales, you will sell nobody in this market today. This is a conversion market. This isn't a volume market. You could do that in 2021 because the phone was ringing off the stinking hook. You might have to call you might have to dial 300 people today to get one of them to answer their phone for you. But that one could be the only one that you needed to get your 15 this month. So what I want people to understand is start with sales and don't stop till you get one. Mm. That's the key to the game right now is persistence. People ask me all the time, okay, you train loan officers all over the country and and, and you've got you've got loan officers you're working with doing a 100 million dollars in 2023 How's it even possible? I said, it's simple. They're machines. They don't stop. And they understand their job is sales first. It's not processing first. It's not all of that other stuff first. It's not pipeline management. It's selling. You got to get your pipeline filled. If you don't sell, your pipeline's on a pipeline. It's a pipe dream. That's all there is to it. So you got to make sure to focus on building a pipeline.
0: Bro, gosh, I just... I love every second of what you just said. So if you're listening to this, you should just go go, go backwards and, and listen to that again. But bro, I believe it. I think that seconds matter. I think that like like you need to be done calling the lead and be calling the next one immediately right okay. after you're done. That's
1: where technology is powerful, is it allows it, you to do that and stay in a rhythm, and stay in a rhythm, and stay in a rhythm. And by the way, two tips, don't use automated voicemails. Leave voicemails every time. Why? You're practicing your pitch every time you do it. Okay. What happens is I see these guys who have an automated voicemail, they hit a button, they hit a button, they hit a button for 47 minutes. They hit a button, they hit a button. Finally, somebody answers the phone and they're like, they're like caught off guard. Like it's, and now they haven't said anything for almost an hour and they have a terrible pitch that comes out and they blow that one call they could have gotten that morning. You want to stay active in that. And you got to remember oldest principle in the book. Every <clears throat> No, get you closer to a yes. So I used to I used to do this with my loan officer. So years ago, I used to manage loan officers go like, now. Here's the deal. That bar hangs up on you, that bar cusses on you. That, that that bar says no, and you hear a dial tone. I want you to immediately, as soon as that you hear that dial tone, here's what I want you to say. Oh, they love me. <laughs> next. <laughs> and you just go to the next one and you do it again. Oh, that one loved me too. Next. And you just and I literally had loan officers sitting around 30 loan officers in my pit and they're all going, oh, that one loved me next. Oh, that one loved me next. And we were crushing it, crushing it because they never they're got to crack it up. I mean, they are also cracking a ball.
0: Bro, I would, call, if somebody hung up on me, I would immediately call them back and say, I'm so sorry, we got disconnected, you were saying, and I would say just like that, they'd hang up on me again. Oh, but yeah. it, 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 it it allowed me to make it fun. You know, like, I mean, they're clearly being disrespectful. They applied, they inquired, you know, I'm not just cold calling some cold list. But okay, you said something too that I again, want to argue with you about is leaving recorded voicemails. So bro, it takes like 15 seconds to leave a recorded voicemail if you do it right. And if you mess up, you have to hit asterisk, hit pound and hit record and then do it again. Bro, I've seriously, I've, I've wasted at least three minutes or four minutes yeah. on probably one call, leaving a bad voicemail and being like, wow, that was terrible. And like, I have a script and I'm reading from it. You know, I have like several different voicemails. Why not just record a great voicemail and like maybe intro it, say, hey, Dale, and then leave the recorded voicemail where it's something that you say 10,000 times. You say it with gusto, you say it with whatever. I mean, am I so cocky that I think that if I do get somebody on the phone that I can boom, turn it on? I I feel like maybe I am, but like, I don't know, bro. I think I crushed it when I did that. So I'm arguing with you about it, but bro, (laughs) so if you're me, gonna listen to Jimmy Ryan or listen to Dale, I just, I want everybody here to listen to Dale, but.
1: No, let, let, let me appease you on this because you make All an right. excellent point. And the point is, we wanna try to make as many calls in an hour as we can. And if you yeah. use an automated voicemail, you're gonna do it faster. So when, when I said make a voice call, okay, I didn't necessarily mean it literally every single time, but what I don't want you to do is go 47 minutes of pushing a button and you never said a word, okay? Mm. I don't want that. Yeah. So you you can do two or three or four in a row, and then maybe hit the button two or three times, then two or two or three, four more in a row, hit the button two or three, or four more times. Okay. So you're you're staying efficient, but you're also staying effective right. because efficiency <laughs> without effectiveness is of no value to anybody. Right. You want to be both. Okay. Right. And you said something really important a moment ago, and a lot of loaners do just well, I got my script. Well, if you're leaving voicemails all the time, you don't have a script, it's right here. And you're right. so much better than the guy who's using the script by far because it's just natural every time. And you're modifying each time you get a little better. So you don't literally have to make 300 voicemail messages live, but if you're gonna make, let's say a hundred calls today, okay? I probably want 40 or 50 of those at minimum be voicemails that are live and the other half can be done automated. And I'm fine with that. But That's I don't want to go more than three or four minutes without talking, without warming up your vocal cords, without going through your rhythm, without making a pitch because it makes you more powerful when you're on the phone. Mm-hmm. You gotta remember, I, I've been I've been training loan officers for forty years. Gosh, that's a long time. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I've listened to tens of thousands of calls, and I can always tell the ones who are who are staying on the phones all day long because they sound so much better. Right, it's so natural, and they crush it over all the rest.
2: <clears throat> was that a uh, was that at uh, Aim Fuse where you showed the the video of Kirk Cousins? No, that was uh, Todd Duncan showed that. Well, Todd showed that, yeah. That was a great it's, example. Great example of you know he would uh, Kirk Cousins, a quarterback for the Vikings, would listen to the play, listen to the all of the different play calls on their way to work, right? Which is kind of where I was going, Dale. I've heard you talk multiple times about practicing while you're yep. you know driving into work or practice in some way before you you know, kind of start your day. And yep. you know I was going to ask, ask a little bit about mindset. What Kind of mindset should you have as you start your day there? But at the end of the day, it's you know repetitive. Talking, repetitive, listening, get yourself in the right mindset and the right mind frame to get on the phones.
1: Yep. Right. Good.
0: So I also want to talk about well, keeping it simple, number one, but I think actually here to, to build off what you just said is that you gotta stay on offense, especially in the morning. And you you were mentioning, like, look, the, the best seller sell often, they just don't stop don't stop till you get a sale, man, I would say don't stop till you've completed every opportunity that is on your list, which could be a couple hundred, you know? But I don't think every, to everybody listening to this, I don't know that people have a hundred people to actually call on their priority list every single day. But if you did, I've added this up. And you'll love this. It takes 41 and a half seconds to call a lead, leave a recorded voicemail and be calling the next lead. Yes, I said, leave a recorded voicemail. You can hate me, Dale, but I'm just saying, you can do it in 41 and a half seconds. But if you have a hundred phone calls, that will take you an hour, nine minutes. If you talk to nobody, an hour, nine. And if, if you want to do this in an hour, you I think that you're limiting, your self-limiting your potential to actually make the sale. And if it takes three hours, well, great. You probably had a lot more conversations. So stay on offense and then handle defense tasks, emails, texts, whatever, in the afternoon. I guess, it, 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 is that where you're seeing the top do? Is that yes. recommended?
1: Absolutely. First off, your, your call times are generally the best with your customers in the morning anyway. That's when you get the most availability. And and late, late afternoon, early evening are your two best prime times for calling. So what I used to have my loan officers do is we, we sold all the way until lunch. We went and took lunch. We came back from one o'clock to two o'clock was pipeline time. That's when we did all the stuff that we needed to get done. And I'll guarantee you, there's gonna be people watching this right now and going, oh, there's no way I can do that. Try it once. And then you tell me if you can do it or not because i'm telling you it will change your whole game if you start focusing more on your sales in the morning because what it does is by doing the sales in the morning all of a sudden that phone's ringing in the afternoon people calling you back off those messages and now you're starting to get get into a really good rhythm so even if and i used to remind my loan officers if you make those 200 calls 100 calls whatever it is and you don't get nobody You've still gotten 100 to 200 voicemails, which means you potentially have 200 customers that could call you this afternoon. Right. Now we know 200 won't call you, but two or three or four probably will. And you know what? You've set your day properly for the afternoon. So now you can get some sales out, get your one sale a day, you're at 15, two sales a day, you're at 30, and three sales a day, you're at 45.
0: Mm.
1: It's just that simple. I, I One of my favorite Batting a Thousand uh, episodes was Kara Whitman. Kara Whitman is a loan officer in Charlotte, North Carolina. She worked for a company called Wyndham Capital, who's now SoFi. Uh, I trained her her first day on the job out of college, and she was 25 years old, 11 years ago. I'll never forget as long as I live. She was like just just real sweet, kind, soft-spoken, kind of shy gal, sitting in the room, just studious as all get out. And I remember walking to her manager going, see that one right there? She's going to be special. Lo and behold, the last five or six years in a row, she'd been the t- one of the top 40 loan officers in the country out of Scotsman's Guide for six straight years. She wow. closed over 600 loans in 2020, 600 loans in 2021, over 400 in 2022, over 400 in 2023. And you know what? She just pounds the phones. She just does exactly what I'm teaching to do. And her whole mindset is, I'm just going to keep calling. I'm just going to keep calling. I'm just going keep, keep calling. And I'm be relational. And you know what? It's going to pay off in the afternoon. And it does. And she'd get three, four, five, six sales in a day like there was nothing to it. Because she always had a positive attitude. She was always excited. If you want to watch a great interview, watch my interview with Kara on batting 1,000 from, I think it was January of this year. Absolutely, it'll blow your mind. You will be sitting there the whole time just like, that's the person I want to be right there if I'm a loaner
0: with it, Bro, and I think just to capitalize on this, I, I, you really, you got to handle all your BS in the afternoon. And if you handle your BS to start your day, you're going to you're sell differently. Like you're just, you're not coming in no way you're batting a thousand, you know, no. and, and not even that you're not, you have no chance of batting a thousand because your mindset isn't right. Your mindset is on defense. Your mindset is mm-hmm. on handling problems. Your mindset is on processing and underwriting and docs and appraisal issues. And all of these things that are like, look, I don't even want to sell because I don't want any more problems. Like, I mean, you really
2: have to focus on it. Scott, what would you add to this? <clears throat> I was just say that, you know, I was trained by Dale really early on in my career as well as a loan officer. And uh, you know, it, the, the one thing I always took away was like, I don't have any time to deal with processing like I have processors, let them process, I've right. got to be on the phone all day long. Otherwise, my processor is not going to have anything That's right. in 60 days as that pipeline continues to go out. So uh, life lesson from Dale. The other thing I would add too is I'm standing up right now. I, my little trick is I, I, I kind of set my one, twos and threes every day and I don't sit down until all of my ones are done. For the day so i've set that schedule every night here's the ones here's the things i'm gonna knock out first thing in the morning and i stand up i do this as a loan officer too i didn't sit down my team voluntarily could do this if they chose to you don't sit down to get first sale you come in the office you stand up until you get first sale once you get, and then you can kind of see throughout the hey why is uh, adam over there why is he still standing up
1: uh-oh need some help, need some coaching, whatever the case may be. So, By the way, if you stand up, you're going to sell sooner anyway because your energy is better, your voice tone is better. It, yeah. it just creates a lot of differences in the way you come across to the borrowers on the phone. There's no question about it. And yeah.
0: in, in look, I, I think just to add to that too is that I would pace back and forth. I mean, even with a corded phone, I'd be spilling my coffee, you know, with the, with the cord going over it until I got a headset and, you know, graduated. But it, it, I was on a mission. I was moving, taking steps as I was going through my flow. And it feels great. I mean, I think that people that call leads or that call a, a high volume of calls in a day, you got a couple of screws loose. I'm just, I'm telling you, but in a good way, because those people are the people that will sell early and sell often. Right. So, okay, I wanna, I wanna, as we wrap up here, I wanna talk about um, it, you've just met uh, Kyle Draper, Dale. And I and I only know that because I, in, I actually introduced Kyle to you on a podcast recording that I did with you. And he took and he even he I I recorded a, a show with him and he, he was like, I think he called you Dan Vermillion or something like that. <laughs> it, be it, worse. <laughs> it, it, or, or something like that. But I because I'm kind of going into podcasting and, and and batting a thousand, but you just mentioned Carol, Carol Whitman and like, here, go listen to that. I encourage anybody to go listen to the get it done uh, podcast with Dale. It's a timeless interview, but it's crazy. The impact that we can have just without even knowing it. And years later, Kyle's you're interviewing with Kyle and like, there's so many like relationship congruences between you, youth pastors, um, just yep. all all this stuff. and he's not a mortgage loan officer. He's not going to be showing up to Lending Tree University. You know what I mean? i I think that it's just super cool how how just creating content, being active on social and in and, and I think truly, I mean, just creating a podcast, how it could connect people. So uh, what have you noticed, Dale, in? I guess here, what's come, what, what's your biggest takeaways from starting a show, having Jake do it, and Jake does a phenomenal job. Yep. Um, with yep. with with Thank batting a thousand.
1: You know, for for me to be honest with you, it's just been, I'm, I'm in the twilight of my career. It's just been a great opportunity for me to reconnect with people that I've known for years, and just give them a chance to have a a forum where they they can talk. I mean, I, I don't I don't talk much on those. I, I try to ask all questions because they're, they're, there's just such incredible guests that I'm able to have on there. And I just want to give them a forum for people to hear the wisdom that is out there. I mean, the, the thing that I take away from batting a thousand is there are a, a lot of smart people out there. And I've said this my whole career, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, your career is over. That's all there is to it because there's a lot of smart people out there and a lot of people that have an awful lot to offer. And the one question that I always ask every guest at the end of a 1000, and I always will, is tell me about your greatest mentor and how important that was in your life. Because for me, that was the game changer. Um, I, I had three or four mentors in my life. And by the way, let me let me share a quick story on this. They weren't always the nice, motivating, excited, enthusiastic mentors. In fact, my greatest mentor was the toughest son of a gun I've ever met in my life. He, he used to beat me like a, you know, like a mule every day. And I worked for him for two years. And at the end of that two years, he was like a dad to me. Mm-hmm. But I learned so much from him because I, I learned something young in life. You can learn from people doing things right. You can also learn from people doing things wrong. And both of those will benefit you if you're willing to pay attention and listen and learn. So the thing I love most about Betting 1000 Podcasts is I get to hang out with some of the greatest people in, in the industry and in the world, for that matter, in my eyes. And, and, and I just get to learn from them and re- keep reminding myself, even after 62 years of life and 40 years of business and all the things I've done, there's a lot I don't know. And, and and I'm always going to stay that way because if the day we stop learning is the day our careers are over.
2: Mm. <clears throat> I heard him also say something about really smart people being on the podcast. One second, I take a drink real quick.
0: That, well, well Scott, oh. I was just going to go to you. Okay.
1: <laughs> that was my number one first guest on season one, episode one. Yes. I bring oh. smart people in. That's. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I was going to say, are you going back on or it's already done? So, okay. That's, that's cool. So. Let me here. say
1: one more thing, Jimmy. Yeah. Here's the other thing people are going to find when they watch the show. Integrity matters. Hmm. Nobody that I've ever had on that show. Isn't somebody that you wouldn't let babysit your kids. I can guarantee you that right now. Hmm. Hmm. They're all people of incredible integrity, not just wisdom and not just knowledge, but incredible integrity. They're, they're generous people. I loved it when you put the, the Proverbs 11.25 up first. The other day I saw it, you put it on, on social media. A generous man or woman will prosper. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite verses out of scripture. And and all of the people that I've had on there are those kinds of people. You know, I get off and, and I'm so refreshed as the person interviewing them. Because I just learned so much, but more importantly, I saw integrity in action. Mm-hmm. I saw people who are oozing it out of their veins. And I mean, you got on the list of people right. that I've had on that show. It's it, it's it's the who's who of the mortgage arena, right? No about it. So, um, the, and they're all incredible, incredible people.
0: It, 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 I remember what it was. It was Todd Duncan um, making a reference to that Bible verse, and he said this. He said something very similar when I interviewed him, and it was just like this is just ancient wisdom. I mean, it's just like, it's timeless type of stuff. And I would say too, I mean, just to add to, well, I know that you've gotten this out of batting a thousand, but when you have somebody on your show and you're asking them to tell you things about, you know, give me your wisdom, you're edifying them. You are, you're actually giving back to them and it all comes back. And it's just, it's so cool how how the whole thing works so i want to uh close on MPPH, uh mortgage professionals providing hope um both you know scott and i i mean it goes without question that we're both big supporters uh, of the cause Thank you so um where d- d- i guess here number one how can people help um but what are some current things that you're doing what are some projects that are in motion maybe some status updates on some things that that you're doing
1: yeah So MPPH was birthed in 2007 uh, as a result of a trip that uh, I did to central India. Um, It was a missions trip that I went on um, to uh, go see some people that I'd worked with uh, for many, many years. And um, what I didn't know was going to happen was how incredibly my life was going to change when I met 4,000 orphans over a 12-day period. Um, And and it literally changed my life. It wrecked me in a really good way. And, and from that day forward, I was never the same. And I remember coming back from that first trip, I was on the Closemore University circuit at the time. You guys probably don't remember this, but New Century Mortgage back in 2005, six and seven, myself, Barry Habib, um, Sue Woodard, uh, a bunch of Jack Davis, uh, God rest his soul, a bunch of people that were, were speakers in the industry. We, we traveled all over the country to uh, convention centers. And we we're speaking to three and four and 5,000 people at a time at these conferences all over the place. And I had just come back from that trip and was up on stage and the guy who I work with, Dan White said, I've watched you do your speech 84 times. This is the 85th. He said something was different in that 85th speech. And it was, it was just, it was being around people where I saw that, you know what, we're so blessed in America, we've got so much and so many people are have so little. First um, Corinthians 10, 24 says, nobody should seek his own good but the good of others. That, that That's what we live on. Uh, at, at, in MPPH and through Mortgage Champions. We, we we live to give. That's the saying that all of us at the office have here. We live to give. We don't live to make money. We don't live to get rich. We live to give. That's what we that's what we work for. So MPPH was designed simply to give mortgage professionals and people in the mortgage industry a chance to give back. 100% of the money we take in goes directly to the people we serve. We don't keep a dime of it. Um, I fund the, the organization through our business, through Mortgage Champions, Uh, We've been able to build orphanages in in places like India. We've been able to start schools in Guatemala with kids that literally live, Jimmy and Scott, in a garbage dump. I mean, sleep in garbage every night with their families. It's unbelievable. I've been there three times and every time it just rocks me. Uh, We're able to help uh, many homeless people and single moms in America to to have places to live. And right now that's kind of where where our focus is. We're doing a lot of work with an organization called Opportunity Place. My wife's involved with that, and they, they find permanent housing for the homeless um, and families. So that's what MPPH does. We're open to anything that helps people. We, we, we don't care who they are. We don't care what color they are. We don't care what religion they are. It doesn't matter to us. People are people. Every human being deserves the right to, to live a life that is worthy of the creator that they serve and that they were made by. And, and that's our belief. God, God don't make no junk. He, he makes everybody for a purpose and we want to see everybody served. And that's what we do. So you can go to mbph.org. Um, you can go to my site, dalevermillion.com and, and learn more about it. Um, you know, we, we, we can send you information on all the different things that we're doing, but we're just here to help the common good and help people who can't help themselves.
0: All right, so that's uh, MPPH.org. And I would highly encourage any listener to check it out. And as we wrap up here, uh, Scott, any closing words?
2: I was gonna say, <clears throat> we'll probably link uh, the, the site that we've been using for a while now because I, I double donation. So uh, I'll match and, and, or double whatever someone would donate. So um yeah we'll, we'll put that link in there to make sure that, that still gets taken care of so
0: what is it do you know it offhand
2: it's uh it's, it's just a crazy link
0: it's a crazy yeah. link okay yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll be sure that we we put put that link in the podcast description because scott was... wants to give all of his money I mean scott wants to do it so I mean that he... has
1: been our greatest supporter and I can't thank you enough um you know you know how much I love you as a friend and a brother um it's just it speaks volumes of who you are as a human being. And uh, we, we really are grateful for you. Got it. Proud to be part of that. Yeah,
0: Bro, I'm grateful for you too. Dale, I'm grateful for you guys. This has been a phenomenal show. I'm just so glad that we got the chance to put this together. So I want to, uh, take a brief moment to thank our audience for joining us today. Um, if you've taken something from this, hey, shoot us a message. Shoot, uh, connect with Dale. Uh, Dale's all over social. His son, Jake, is um, is sure of that, I, I would say. <laughs> and um, reach out to Scott. It's Scott D. Payne, and I'm Jimmy Ryan. And uh,
2: December 26th.
0: W- what's that? December
2: 26th. I'll be live with Jake Vermillion. Uh, on LinkedIn. So check yep. that out as well on uh, the day after Christmas.
0: Bro, you're putting a lot of stress on us to make sure that we get this released, you know, <laughs> well, yeah. y- you know, you know, Indeed. in time.
1: <laughs> check
2: it out on the 26th LinkedIn.
0: All right, once again, I want to thank our audience for joining us today. Uh, this has been Shapeshift, brought to you by Shape. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. Love you, man.